Hi everyone, I'm Nerd Bummer. And I'm Tectic, and we're two of the hosts of the Online Warriors podcast. Our podcast started as a way for three best friends to keep in touch and discuss their nerdy hobbies like movies, gaming, tech, and more. Since then, we've grown into a great community. Every Wednesday, we chat about the latest nerdy news before getting hands-on with our weekly nerdy adventures. And don't forget our high-stakes trivia game. Come join the fun at OnlineWarriorsPodcast.com and every major podcast platform. And now, back to Collateral Cinema. I'm Bo Maddox. I'm Robert Ortegon. I'm Ashley Chancellor. And I'm Derek from Hindsight Movie Reviews. And this is Collateral Cinema. Welcome to Collateral Cinema, the only movie podcast that matters, where we focus on good movies, bad movies, and everything else in between in the world of cinema. We're podcasting straight from somewhere in South Texas, and yes, my friends, we are a 420-friendly podcast. So whatever you have, be it dabs, blunts, bongs, or joints, smoke it if you've got it. And welcome to our first kind of foray into a Schwarzenegger movie, right guys? Yeah, I thought it'd be like a fucking Terminator film, but no. <laughs> <Yeah>. Schwarzenegger! <laughs> yes! I can't believe it's, it's taken us this long to do a Schwarzenegger film. I know, right? Yeah. And we have a special guest with us. We have Derek from Hindsight Movie Reviews with us. Uh, how are you doing, Derek? I'm just sort of spectacular. Thanks for having me on. I really do appreciate it. Excellent. Yeah, we're happy to have you. And uh, just real briefly, uh, go ahead and just tell us about your uh, podcast and uh, what you do there. And I understand that there's a couple of other shows that you have running there as well, right? Yeah, I'm, um, I've been podcasting for a really long time. And so uh, the best way for me to say it is I'm podcast deity at this point in time. Oh, wow. Um, nice. I actually have uh, seven podcasts. Uh, that are either going on or are in hiatus, but are still able to be worked on. Um, and hindsight is one of them in which my friend Brandon and I, um, discuss movies that we saw when we were kids or us young adults and see if they still hold up as adults. And most of them really don't because seeing them as an adult, I, I tend to overanalyze things as it is. So watching a movie that I used to love and seeing it again as an adult is just like so horrifically eye opening to me that I usually ruin the movie for everybody else. For example, there's this movie called Teen Witch. A lot of folks know it as a top that and top that is a, a, a small part of this bigger movie, which is a movie that is literally, I would say, what WandaVision was based on, because this girl uh, wants to be loved by this guy so much that she literally hypnotized an entire town, except oh, wow. she never turns it back off at the end. She just keeps it going where she's the most popular girl in the town. And she asked to be as popular as a pop star. So she's literally like town famous and she never turns it off. And that's just the end. And I was furious when I saw it. Cause Damn. I was like, she literally fucked over an entire town and nobody's calling her out on it at all. So yeah, that, things that, like that. Yeah. That is certainly Wanda level, WandaVision it, level it, shit. At least in WandaVision, you know, Wanda kind of had to atone for that. <laughs> yeah. No, they, this, she didn't atone. She didn't make up with her best friend. She didn't make up with the girl whose boyfriend she stole. She didn't make up with the folks who she had hypnotized. It just ended at a dance. That was it. Like it literally was just like, we're out of time. Maybe there'll be a sequel where somebody else will pop out and get magic and, and kill her, but nope. Not at all. <laughs> yeah, there needs to be some type of equalizer there, it sounds like to me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah, I mean, that sounds like an excellent show. Like I said, I was listening to your show earlier, the Ghostbusters 2 episode, which I, I highly recommend checking it out. But what, what are the some of the other shows that you have going? Um, I do a show called Ratchet Book Club in which I read... Uh, Hood classics and good classics. Basically, that means I can read anything from uh, Holes or Matilda uh, to Old Thought Next Door. 
Um, and when I read them, I try and give them the grace that they deserve as a book. But if it's not a literary classic, I'm going to start making fun of it pretty much three paragraphs in and have a great time doing it. Um, I also do a show called, uh, at, well, at first it was called Return to Oswald, in which we discussed uh, the HBO show Oz. Like every episode, all six seasons, we discussed it from pillar to post, and that was fun. But now we've moved on to the uh, legendary one-hit wonder uh, ESPN ESPN's Playmakers, which is the show that was so bad that the NFL begged them to take it off the air because they had players doing crack at halftime on this show. It's glorious. Oh, no. um, <laughs> wow. No way. I also do a show called uh, Storytellers, uh, in which I combine the age-old art of storytelling with the everybody's favorite game, Telephone, and I get between three and four guests together, and we uh, create a story uh, together, and it's really, really fun. It's one of my most beloved shows. Um, and then I have a show called Single Simulcast, which is the pop culture show, and I have a show called Sin and Solace, which is the, it's an audio drama that I wrote and also was the lead character for about an assassin and his best friend. Um, and then I have a show called The Dream Team, which is me and two of my friends, and I think we're absolutely hilarious, so it's three of the greatest comedians you know. And then I have a show called The Single Serving Show, in which we do, every week we do a different genre of podcasting, and we never do it again. And then wow. I have a mental health show called Unburdened. So that's nine shows. Yeah, that's <laughs> Wow, nine. Yeah, man, that's damn. incredible. That's a lot of I mean, shows, man. And, yeah. I, and I thought that we were all balling with, like, four podcasts going, you know? <laughs> <laughs> damn. It's, you know, it's one of those things where you make space for it at a young age. So when I started podcasting, I started podcasting in 2009, 2008. Oh, so you that clear that space. Oh, yeah. yeah, back when there was just RSS feed, there was no that Spotify was, or anything like that. It was that just good Bitcoin luck. Bitcoin was good, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, back when I could have bought in and been just set by now. Yeah, um, so yeah man. You set these standards for yourself back then, and then as you get older and it gets easier to do it, you become more aware of how to podcast and whatnot. You find you have extra time afterwards, and I'm a creative, so I just – I'll try out a show just to see if it works. And if it works, I'll stick with it. If it doesn't, at least I tried. So that's how I look at podcasting. Definitely, and that, that's definitely the way that I'd like to think quite a few podcasters approach their work, You know, mm -hmm. maybe, maybe us as well. But anyway, it's time to go ahead and get into the topic at hand, which is, as we said, our first ever Schwarzenegger movie. And that is Last Action Hero. Straight straight from, uh, what, 1993, 94? Yeah, this has to be right after, uh, you know, Judgment Day, right? Right after, yeah, yeah, definitely right after Judgment Day. And I think maybe, I don't know, is this somewhere close around when he made uh, True Lies? As yeah, well, pretty early, right? Like 91, true, right? Yeah, pretty early Schwarzenegger, yeah, definitely. But we'll go ahead and start with some initial thoughts on here. Uh, we'll go ahead and start with you, Derek. Uh, what are your initial thoughts on Last Action Hero? I will say, without hesitation and without shame, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. Period. Nice, nice. Yeah. I think that it is one, I think it is a perfect action movie parody, like in every single way, and that can. It is us. And so once you realize that kid is us, it becomes a joy in every single way. I, will, I, I bought this movie multiple times. I will watch it multiple times without shame. If anybody asks me why I'm watching it, I'll just say sit down and see. Exactly, man. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's really almost kind of lightning in a bottle a little bit, you know? Mm hmm I mean, definitely. Yeah, it's a thrill ride from beginning to end. You know, I, I Last Action Hero, I think, is a perfect example of a satirical action film. But, I mean, I will say it maybe runs a little bit longer than it necessarily needs to. But I can't say I was ever bored. Oh, of course not. No. So, well, what, what are the rest of your thoughts on that, Ash? Um, I mean, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll sort of get into it. But uh, I, I think that it's just a lot of fun. I mean, I don't think that you can really look at this movie too seriously critically because, you know, the entire movie is a is a film within a film. So, <laughs> you know, that, that's actually pointing out those, you know, the the uh, ridiculousness of those tropes. And 
Definitely. It's definitely very tropey. Like that, that's for sure. And, and, and the, some tropes are played straight and other tropes are just kind of, you know, just they just run with them. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, exactly. Man. Yeah. How about you, Robert? What are your thoughts on this? I think this is a take of like, you know, you know, remember psychics, man, when we were kids? Watching yeah. That with Chuck Norris? Yeah. This psychics. is kind of like a take of being right next to your action hero, you know? Yeah. And definitely. you get to kick ass right next to him. Kind of like a delusion, but more of like Page Master with Macaulay. It's definitely mm. kind of like a uh, fantasy. Yeah, uh, what, what's the word? It's, uh, uh, it's a fantasy thriller. Fantasy thriller. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude. There, there's, there's definitely a fantastical element here that honestly, to me, kind of feels not unlike the fantastical elements of uh, like Big Trouble in Little China a little bit. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. It, it kind of has that feel, right? I, I put it up there and, oh, God, I'm going to get judged by this, but I don't care. It's one of my favorite movies, too. Um, I put this movie right alongside Surf Ninjas. Oh, oh bro, nice, dude. Yeah. I love that film. <laughs> Surf Ninjas. As far as breaking the fourth wall and, and that game gear that, oh, I wanted that game so badly. And this for some reason, hit me the same way that Surf Ninjas hit me. It was that same age range where I was 13 um, and really just thought that, you know, anything was possible. And these two movies, I felt, stepped outside of what was the norm for action movies in different ways and just lifted me uh, to a place that a lot of movies have not reached since. Yeah, what I think that what I love the most about this movie is that it really captures, you know, the childlike innocence of, you know, consuming a movie like this, you know? Yeah. I mean, and, and I, I understand that, you know, the kid is also an audience XB, but just as a child character himself, you know, I mean, he just exudes that, you know, naivete and everything. But he's also very genre savvy, though, because, you know, he consumes so much movies. And I, I think that that's one of the underlying themes of this movie. It's about consumption of movies. Yeah. You know, it's about how we consume movies, especially at, at a younger age. You know, I mean, it really does capture you know, what it's like when you're a kid and you're going to the movies to to see a, a movie that you really, really like. Yeah, you know? he's a pretty smart kid because he knows the stereotypical type even yeah, at, at he, a young age. He knows all the tropes. Like yeah. he, 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 know, he even uh, knows that it's a PG-13 movie, so he can't cuss. So he yeah. tries to get <laughs> Arnold to cuss and everything. He can't cuss or he can't mm -hmm. die or, like, or he's a sidekick or he could die and, and only, you know, Schwarzenegger's a star. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's how I think that it really does tie into the audience XP thing as well. You know, it's like, you know, I mean, we, the audience, are, it, it's, it's about how we actually approach and consume, you know, pop culture in movies and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, I mean, the, the tropes played here, I mean... You could pretty much just, you know, map out any action movie that you could think of and you, you, you know exactly what they're going to do, you know, from, the, you know, explosions to like, a, you know, the henchmen that, you know, they can shoot and shoot and yeah, shoot, but they never the, hit him. To the catchphrases. Stormtroopers, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. To the fact that the guy can literally reach into his backseat and pull out a stick of dynamite and throw it over his shoulder. Yeah, it, it's like literal hammer space, kind of. <laughs> that, that's what it is. It's hammer space. To his ass-kicking daughter, who is everything and that she, you will, like, just perfect in every way, including just, like, she has a perfect 4.0. She keeps guns all over the place. It, it was perfect. Oh, just man, wonderful. she was badass, dude. They made her into mm -hmm. a total badass. And I, I love that at first they they make it like she's really, really helpless, but then she just kicks that dude in the nuts and just lifts him up and into her closet. Mm -hmm. and it's just like, fuck yeah, man. Just, just that entire scene right there is actually a very well-made action movie, like or an action scene, like especially when Arnold just jumps in through the ceiling and he just like, sorry to drop in, and he just guns the, takes those uh, guns from those guys. Like that's just so perfect. I love that so much. I will say all the fight scenes and and other action scenes are all extremely well done. Yeah, uh, they're they're well choreographed and shot. Uh, I, I actually I think that's that's probably like 
one of the best parts of this movie that makes it so much fun and it's yeah. such a blast to watch. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think that's the best way to kind of really approach and analyzing this movie is how does it work as an action movie versus how does it work as an actual satire? Now, going from the action movie scenes, I mean, there's some awesome set pieces here at play, you know, if not some classic ones. I mean, th this was made by John McTiernan anyways. You yeah, know? I saw that. This was directed by McTiernan, huh? Yeah, I mean, so he knows his shit when it comes to uh, action movie cinema tropes and everything, whatnot. And then, honestly, I think that he's the perfect guy to actually uh, lampoon these sorts of things, right? National lampoon, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, just lampoon in general, you know Sorry. what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, by the way, throwback to our Die Hard review. Since we mentioned John McTiernan. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, we have our one of our Christmas episodes was Die Hard. It's like yeah, we went down that road. The whole Die Hard is a Christmas movie. We actually road. need to watch that on the Netflix. How movies made us. Oh yeah, that's definitely. one of it. You need yeah. to see that. I need to show you that, bro. Yeah, yeah, that's you were telling one, me about that's that. one of the episodes. Yeah, that definitely. made Bruce Willis. Yeah. But, but Derek. Derek, what do you think of, the, of this from the perspective of an action movie? Just, uh, you know, take away the satirical elements. How does it work on that level? I think that as an action movie, it stands on its own. Like, it, it yes, everybody's OP. And yes, the targeting is everywhere. But this is Arnold nearing his action movie apex, in my opinion. Um, this was, like we said, in the range of true lies and total recall. That sort of yeah. every time you step into a scene, there's something happening that's, that's action. This isn't, he had stepped away at this point in time, in my opinion, from more of the brooding, uh, thriller of, of Predator. Um, yeah. yeah. And step more into the yeah. Arnold, like, like, like we said, this was right after, uh, or right in, this right after Terminator 2, which Judgment Day came out in 91, I believe. Yeah. Um, and so from this point on, it's like all action all the time for him for a really long time. And I feel like this encapsulated that where every scene that he was in <laughs> was action, even when he went into the real New York and found out that I can't really shoot without looking in this, <laughs> in this <laughs> world. It was still trying to be that action on top of action role. And I wanted to ask real quick because y'all have referenced uh, Die Hard. Y'all did say that Ellis was a villain in that movie, right? Like Ellis was one of the primary villains in Die Hard. That's important. Ellis, uh, that's the guy who uh, tries to sell them out, right? Hans, booby. Oh, Hans. Yeah. yeah, that guy. Oh, yeah. He's he's the prime one of the primary villains. No, I mean, he, no. No, not yeah, him. No, I mean Ellis, the, the cocaine sniffing guy who was trying to have sex with John's wife. Yeah, yeah, that, 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 that's who I'm talking about as well. We're, we're talking about the same okay, guy. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, no, he's definitely a, a villain there, 100%. Like, okay, I mean, he, just making sure. Yeah, fuck yeah, that guy. Yeah, fuck that guy. No, he, he's, <laughs> uh, he's pretty much framed that way, like, right away. Like, I mean, just from the moment that we, you know, that we see him, he's just, just like. Just one, I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, dev Hello. definitely, man. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, as an action movie, I mean, it's definitely entertaining. I mean, it definitely fills, it checks all the boxes. But, I mean, like, like Ash said, maybe it does go a little long on some of them a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of failing to see the relevance of the whole, like, burglar scene at the very beginning and, and what, what that really did for the movie as a whole. Um, it, it seems like in between a lot of the fight scenes, there is a lot of talking and it's basically the same conversation, you know, at times of, you know, Hey, you're in a movie. No, I'm not in a movie. It's like, well, here's the proof right here. This is, yeah, you're in a movie, <laughs> you know, yeah. but, no, no. Um, yeah, the whole thing was a drawn out version of the conversation from toy story. You are a toy. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. Here's proof. No, I'm not. Rinse and yeah. repeat. Thought he was an actual astronaut, Woody, or a yeah, Buzz. Yeah, 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 Buzz. Yeah, that, that's yeah. actually an uh, apt uh, comparison to tell Yeah, the you know, he kind of go and he goes through, you know, that same sort of uh, crisis, you know, sort of at the end. Uh, yeah, he when has, he brings him into the real world, he's breaking the fourth wall, right? Yeah, literally breaking the fourth wall, I might add. Yeah, he's like, bro, you're human here. You can't do anything. You're not a hero anymore. Yeah, and, and that existential crisis that he begins to have, I mean, you feel that. Y yeah, but, you know, I, I will agree with some reviews where, you know, it feels like that sort of 
drones on for a bit. It's kind of like, dude, get over it already. But at the same time, it's acted well. It is. Yeah. So while I do am complaining about the pacing of the film, I'm not really complaining. It's more like, you know, this could have been shorter. I don't see why this was here. But I like I said, I think I still enjoyed it all the way throughout. So, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, I mean, a lot of those filler scenes, I mean, they were a lot more in service to the plot than anything, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think this is definitely a good movie to just pop on if you're chilling somewhere and... Um, it's it's definitely at the most you, a hangover movie as, it, like, as I've heard yeah. it described. Yeah, I mean, Ash, you hadn't seen it, right? I mean, are you now seeing it for the first time? I'm not really sure. Oh, uh, yeah, I just watched this for the first time with Bo the other day. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, 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 we watched we it all on. together. Right? Yeah, yeah, we watched yeah. it together. So I, you know, I I just came into this movie now, but um, I, I mean, I don't know. I guess you guys have watched it before. Yeah, kind of growing up through the years of this. Yeah. Really. Well, well, how, yeah, how yeah. many Schwarzenegger movies had you seen before this? Before this? You know, you know the big ones. Oh, the, the usual ones? Yeah, you know, Terminator and right. shit. <laughs> all the basic ones. All you need to see is Terminator. <laughs> yeah. Derek, Derek, Batman you, and Robin. <laughs> yeah, Derek, you said that you saw this movie in the theater, right? Yep. Oh, man, what was that like? <laughs> shit, it, was, it was wonderful. Like, there's, there's a certain beauty when people get the jokes yeah you know definitely. and in the theater and when they're laughing along with you like yeah. not like the polite little chuckles but it's like uproarious laughter like when somebody laughs like that it almost gives you the green light to enjoy the movie the way you want to enjoy it yeah. and i remember that it was uproarious laughter for a lot of it and i wish i could have that experience again in the theater uh, with folks who actually wanted to enjoy that movie, but they'll never show the last action hero in a movie theater again, period. That, that's sad because this really does feel like a real theater type of movie, if you know what I mean. I mean, you just get a, a theater full of fans who really, really like this movie, and they're just going to have a blast. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. I mean, it, it definitely fits that that mold. Yeah, definitely. It'll Yeah, it'll captivate an audience pretty much. Even if you're just new to Schwarzenegger, really. Yeah, and, and from the action scenes to the actual satire, which we'll go ahead and get in here, like, like, what do you think this says satirically about the action movie genre in general? Um, I mean, like I said before, it pokes fun at all the cliches and uh, the the non-realism of it, you know, uh, and even just the fact that like everything is just quick and there. You know, because with all these frequent cameos that pop up throughout the movie that are just sort of, you know, there, but they don't. But for why? You know, I think that in and of itself is, is sort of representative of, of what they're trying to kind of poke fun at at the genre. Maybe. More, mm-hmm. <laughs> More or less. So what do you think, Derek? I think that. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm just grinning thinking about this movie. No, I, I no, no, that, you're good, man. Yeah, you're good, man. I Story. usually write an itinerary and uh, sort of lead my <laughs> own podcast. You're good. <laughs> I just I feel like this is a movie that I'm I'm actually I love parodies and satire movies. Like one of my favorite movies is this movie that a lot of folks haven't seen called Fear of a Black Hat. Um, and it's the same as Spinal Tap, but yeah. for hip. So one of my favorite movies is uh, it's a full on satire. And I feel like this was the only movie out there that was like, we're going to make a satire about action movies. And I don't know why it wasn't more successful, but nobody followed in his footsteps. And it, it was so it was so wide open. The only thing that really followed in his footsteps after this, I would say. And I don't know if it came out after or around the same time, but after this, they started doing like the Naked Gun, yeah, and, uh, yeah, and, de- and hot shots, and just really taking it in a direction that was so over the top that it wasn't even what we were looking for in this style anymore. Um, so I think that I feel like this was kind of the the forefather of that style of action satire movie. I actually kind of think a good analogy for this movie here, in some ways, it almost kind of feels like a Mel Brooks movie in some level. Yeah, I can see right? that. It's yeah. a good psychic comedy relief movie, really. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's it's another good thing that the satire is, is that, you know, 
I mean, he's uh, in the real world. He's a kid, but then he's automatically the uh, comedy sidekick when he's in the movie. Like he he automatically fits a role when he goes into the movie world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, and I, I love the way that they utilized explosions in this movie. I really like that. Yeah. Like yes. Like there's there's that one scene whenever uh, the kid is uh, first he first comes into the movie and uh, he's uh, getting chased by those guys in the van I think it was or yeah whatever. and, and uh, near the end you just see in the background you know one of the cars just go off a ramp flip and then land and just blow the fuck up and in that <laughs> same chase. There's a there's a dude that gets uh, launched into an ice cream truck and then the, the ice cream truck just explodes. <laughs> like explosions are used as a as a punchline a lot in this movie. Yeah, I feel. yeah, that's definitely a running gag with that, and you know you could just really have a lot of fun with that, and and actually present a pretty cool shot. <laughs> yeah, or or the fact that it seems like every single thing that they have is a bomb. And somebody always fucks with it, like 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 that scene after at the daughter's house and everything. He's just like, no, and it's and they just uh, have another explosion out of nowhere. Yes. Oh, bro, that's totally fucking nineties, <laughs> dude. Damn. That is. But yeah, I, I really like the way that they actually utilized that. Also, I mean, like I said, the the just the dialogue itself. You know, it's not only in service of the plot; it's also in service of the satire. You know, I mean, it's. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that, you know, that's where it goes back to Mel Brooks movies is that Mel Brooks can knew how to be really meta with his uh, with his humor at many times, you know. And, you know, I, I kind of see that undercurrent here. You know, I mean, it, and we've had a lot of meta satires and parodies since then, you know. Yeah, honestly, too many. <laughs> too many. Yeah. But I mean, this one right here. It should have been more successful because it just came out at that peak of, you know, the action genre itself, you know? Yeah, and it, I don't, I think it does a good job of not going overboard. I mean, it balances itself with being a good story, I think. Yeah. 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 And this is one of those Schwarzenegger films, like you were saying, that it was overlooked. You know, not many people knew about it. It was kind of a flop, right? I mean, I think, I think it was. So. I, I, I think it was. Um, it wasn't what we would call successful. No. Yeah. It, it did and later kind of get that cult classic status, I guess. That's what I was going to say. It became more of a cult classic as it hit when DVDs became available. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's why I like it. I, I, I love the childlike wonderment this film brings. You know, really, it's like you, you're just the kid and you'll always live with that wonderment. Yeah. That childlike wonderment, and it's never going to leave you, you know? Yeah, and and the kid character, I mean, his genre savviness is really awesome, I think. I mean... Kid. And- it's Dakota! <laughs> oh, my God, it's Dakota. Yeah, just in case you didn't know, Derek, we we had his brother on the on the show for the longest time, and then he stopped being on the show. And then he stopped so. being our star because we were going to make him famous. And yeah. He, he was going to be the next McCulkin. He couldn't handle it, bro. I'm like, God damn it. He just couldn't handle it. Damn it, Dakota. I understand. You know, younger age, I mean. Damn. Yeah, some people just flame out. I mean, even. You know, they just flame out. And, and and live with their brother's ex-wives. Oh. oh he's not even oh on the independent circuit yet. Yeah, yeah. we're already getting, we're getting into personal shit here. <laughs> God damn. God damn it, Ash. <laughs> I, I, I I've got too much angst. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, back to the satire here. I think like like what's y'all's favorite joke in this in this movie? Like what 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 humorous scene do you think like really just kind of best articulates the what this movie is about? <laughs> I don't know. Is anybody over for words? I think that my favorite scene is the scenes at the uh, police station, right? With the cartoon cat. With the cartoon cat, exactly. Yeah. But which is, by the way, Danny DeVito himself, right there. Okay, I think the moment I laugh the most is when the cartoon cat comes back later and saves their asses. Yeah, that was funny. I think oh you know. My gosh. <laughs> I think that that was a good example of comedy too, because it sort of just it takes a joke that you've forgotten about already. And then brings it back when you don't expect it. And I think that that's why it works as a punchline is it's unexpected. It's yeah. yeah. Well, the best part of it as a punchline is 
at the police station, they're literally like taking cops and like pairing them up with like rookies and everything, you yes. know? I mean, they're literally like, like adhering to that trope, like to the T and, and, and then you have the, uh, the police chief who is always yelling and everything. Like even at one point to the point of just smoke coming out of his fucking ears. A great classic comes to the screen. Take thy hand, fair prince. Who said I'm fair? To be or not to be? Not to be. Columbia Pictures is proud to present the screen's greatest action hero, Jack Slater. The governor gets here, call me. And Danny Madigan is his biggest fan. <laughs> Jack Slater 4. But tonight, a magic ticket. It's a passport to another world. Will get Danny closer to the action <laughs> than anyone ever dreamed. And you're going with him. Who is this twerk? And where is that smile on his face? I don't even know this kid. To a world that's bigger than life. This ticket is magic, and it really works. And better than real. You really believe that you're inside a movie, don't you? Yes! The bad guys are in there. I've seen it on screen. Could I speak to the drug dealer of the house, please? Have a nice day. Have him killed. <laughs> This summer, it's head-on thrills. I have killed people smarter and younger than you. Head-first excitement. I hate when it happens. You stopped the ticket! Now I possess power. Real power. He's going over to my world! In this world, the bad guys can win! The door must still be open, come on! If I go, how do I get back? And it's coming at you from both sides of the screen. Where am I now? This isn't the movies anymore, Jack. Please be careful. Things were different here. Damn it, that hurt! Arnold Schwarzenegger is Jack Slater. No! This hero stuff has its limits. And Jack Slater is... Everybody down! The last action hero. The big ticket for 93. I'll be back. Ha! You did not gonna say that, did you? That's what you always say. I do? So, how many buddy cop movies do you think exist in this universe? I don't know. I mean, does it even or just, exist? Or just within that 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 uh that one police station. Maybe cop and a half, you know, cop and a half. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just I I was amused at the fact that that um, cartoon cat. It was so close to when Paula Abdul did the uh, opposites attract video, um, yeah. which was from her 1988-89. But it was still in the you know it's still in people's minds, still in the lexicon. I look and like so, a cat. That that one, yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm, with Scat Cat, and it just. I don't know. I laughed till I cried when I saw that cat on the screen. Like that was one of the best things in the world to me. Um, I also uh, really enjoyed how uh, Benedict's boss could never get the uh, catchphrases right. It was like Biff from uh, from Back to the Future times thirty. Like he could <laughs> never get it right. Yeah, and, and the and the hitman character, he's he's just always so infuriated with him with this. It's mm-hmm. like he called one, at one point calls him a Sicilian schmuck, mm-hmm. <laughs> which, by the way, that's Anthony Quinn. Ghosts can't do it, Anthony Quinn. Yeah, that Anthony Quinn. <laughs> Every time I look at him, I just I picture his his goofy ass ghost face up in the sky, and then and then Bo Derek with her vacant expression, just be like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna do what you tell me to do. Yes, weird ghost husband. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, Robert, were you there for that one? No, I wasn't. I was there for the other one. Yeah, you were. <laughs> you were there for Bolero. Bolero. Oh, God. Yeah, okay, yeah. No, no, back away from Bolero. Let's not talk <laughs> about any of that. Let, let's not even go there. Yeah, but, I mean, going back to, uh, like, like, the police chief in mm-hmm. here, like, he, he's a great character because, I mean, he follows the tropes to a T, but... There's also that moment where the kid like points out, you know, the whole dynamic between him and uh, Jack Slater and everything. He's like, yeah, you know, you get mad at him, but in reality, you're his friend and everything. You're like I close know. friends. It's like, <laughs> it's like he's pointing all that out, and they're just he's just like, where did you get this kid? Who is he? Close your eyes, bro. What do you see, bro? Nothing. That's my world without you, bro. <laughs> that's what they want to tell each other. You know this. You know this. <laughs> and also, I think there was like one point where he gets so mad that he screams and he just breaks all the glass in the fucking police headquarters. And uh, and and there's also you know the uh, the obvious dirty cop character as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, how do you get the cow? How do you get to Carnegie Hall? Yeah, exactly. Practice, practice. <laughs> 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 fucking classic. I love that. But. Honestly, let's talk about the scenes that take place in the real world there. There, There's there's a moment where the golden ticket is uh, found outside of a movie theater, and it happens to be playing The Seventh Seal, an Ingmar Bergman film. Mm -hmm. And Death, who is a prominent character, I mean, that's literally a character where a dude plays chess with Death, he he comes straight out of the fucking uh, movie screen, and it's just like... Wow, what what a weird reference, right? I mean, it's it's a very cinematic reference. I mean, there's also Lawrence Olivier and Hamlet at one point shown in this movie, but so it it has some reverence to like the old school of cinema. It does show reverence there, and, and also had plans to go get Freddy Krueger. So Nightmare on Elm Street is a part of this universe. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it is, <laughs> isn't it? How awesome would it have been if we could have had Freddy have a little cameo here? I would have loved every moment of it. Oh, man, yeah, yeah. They, I mean, just kind of pulling a uh, Ready Player One, but, I mean, just back then with, like, all these different <laughs> cinematic characters. <laughs> oh, hey, man, Ian worked. McKellen and Danny DeVito graced this movie with their presences. Fuck so, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, but there, there's that scene where, uh, where death actually comes across, you know, both Arnold and the kid. And then he's just he's just like, no, you shouldn't worry about me, but you should worry about finding that other ticket. Oh, yeah, I, I like how it's implied that he's still death in the real world, like nothing's changed. Oh, he's still death. It's like I, at one point it's like, I mean, is that going to be addressed? Does that does it just not apply to deities? I guess not. Yeah, I think he touched <laughs> like a homeless person or a junkie and then he like was about to die, right? Yeah, yeah. Dude. He, he actually touches and kills a couple of people and it works. Yeah. So it's like, what, what do you think the implications of the ticket are? You know, like <laughs> what, like how, how far reaching is that actually? Well, they I were doing uh, we No Way Home way before No Way Home came over, came out. Exactly. This would have <laughs> just killed the multiverses. Yeah. Well, what, what, do you, what, what were you going to say, Derek? Oh, I was, I was going to say, I think Benedict was the perfect person to try and find out because he was, even though, I mean, he was, he was a hitman. But past that, he was pure evil. And we knew that he would have found every bad person available. And it would have been, it would have just been incredible. Like, but they would have went into the real world and got ate the fuck up. So, oh, yeah. I mean, what the fuck is Freddy Krueger going to do in the real world? Like, you can't hop into a dream here. What are you going to do, Fred? Well, well, remember that, you know, Death came, comes out of the Seventh Seal, and he's able to kill people with his powers. Oh, yeah, he does so touch people. Maybe Freddy Krueger would still have his powers? I don't know. How does that work? In a remake, in a remake, they got to go get Thanos. I'll just come back like fucking Chucky, man, really. Yeah. Even if you bring him out of reality, I he'll that, still come back. That, 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 that's an interesting question here. Like, let's say that you were Benedict and you had the ticket. Like, what is your villain cinematic dream team that you would uh, put together? Like, we we talked, we said Freddy Krueger for one. Well, shit, I'm I'm bringing Death because you well, know, yeah, obviously, well, other, other than Death as well. You know, I would say maybe see what happens if you bring uh, Jason into our our reality. 
Here's, uh, here's pretty the much thing. bulletproof. I don't know. Would he be bulletproof? See, here's the thing. In the Halloween movies with Michael Myers, has anybody actually killed fucking Michael Myers? No, I don't think They've so. They killed Jason and he came back. Yeah. Nobody's ever fucking killed Michael Myers. Yeah, you're right. They never I'm did, right? Right, right. So so if you do you think that if they if you brought him into this universe but that gets even more yeah. complicated because which michael do you bring See, into here's, here's the thing michael myers doesn't die you just he just carries on into another sequel yeah but that that's the question if you had that ticket which michael myers would you pick uh we're in different universes then yeah we have we have different universes in we got that Rob Zombie, we got john carpenter yeah and we got <laughs> fucking uh the latest director uh gord green david gord green right yeah yeah the h40 shit dude See, the, this, this is what I'm talking about. These implications right here, it's like, what what can you do with a ticket like that? That would be kind of dangerous if you really think about it. Like, yeah. like, 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 what if you went into, like, the movie Outbreak and brought in the plague from that movie into the w- real world? Would that work? I don't even want to think about it. I know. I know. That's a lot to fucking think about right there. But <laughs> it's like, I mean... Just that that angle right there is just so interesting to dive into because, I mean, I would I would if I wanted like some real world backup man like maybe go and get like Arnold in Commando like if, if you want to like maybe go get like some good guys from movies like maybe get Arnold from Commando oh, maybe like, get yeah. John McClane you know? or John Wick John Wick definitely John Wick there you go John Wick fuck yeah. Now, here's another thing. If uh, you brought Neo in from the Matrix, like, would he still have the Matrix powers? Would this just become the Matrix all of a sudden? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> See, there's so many ways that you can go into that. Mm-hmm. It's like, I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like I need to go online and maybe kind of dive into a rabbit hole on that because th- there's got to be some <laughs> internet rabbit hole about the golden ticket from last fucking action. Well, I'm sure there's a Reddit thread Dude, somewhere. I've always thought it was the same ticket as the Page Master library card. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's kind of like that. think of that shit. You're going to do a story. You're just imagining you're just in your own fucking world, in your own head, right? Oh, my God. And it's story time, right? What if we can make like this whole unified universe between the Page Master and Last Action Hero? Yeah, dude. <laughs> it's exactly what that is, right? Oh, my Lord. I don't know. I think that maybe we need to get into our final thoughts before we just start going into further rabbit holes here because it's already starting to get a little. To, to devolve? Yeah, we're starting to devolve here. <laughs> yeah, it sort of makes sense, though, right? <laughs> it sort of does. But, uh, Derek, go ahead and give us your final thoughts on Last Action Hero. There will never be another movie like it. Never. Um, I really do feel like this was... People talk about Kindergarten Cop, and they talk about Twins, and they talk about all those movies. I think that this was Arnold having an absolute blast. I think that this was him at his freest, having a great time with an actual great cast. It has a place in my heart that will never leave. This and The Crow. Oh, and uh, okay. yeah, the crow is this awesome. the crow, the crow dude. surf ninjas and fear of a black hat are all movies that I don't care what you say. The rating was, I don't care what you say the IMDB was. I don't care about any of that. You could see me in the street and fight me. This movie was perfect in my opinion. Nice. Yeah, it, it is definitely perfection. Like totally. Uh, Ash, what are your final thoughts? Oh, I mean, I had a blast with this. It's a great movie to, you know, to get high and just chill with your buddies, too, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a lot of fun. You know, you don't want to approach it too seriously because the movie's already a parody. So, but, you know, at the same time, like I said, I think it does still come out as a good movie all the same. Totally. Totally. <laughs> Oh my god! I just had another thought. Like, what? What if you went into Ghostbusters and used the ticket to bring the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man into this world? Oh, oh no! Oh my god! <laughs> why? Why stop there? Just bring Gozer. Just in. bring Gozer, right? Right. Bring Gozer in there and the Keymaster and everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even though I, I until I watched Ghostbusters again as an adult, I didn't realize that the Keymaster and the Gatekeeper really were a sex joke. From the very beginning, totally. It, it's it's an it's pr- pretty much like not even subtle, honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that first Ghostbusters, it oh that was that was. I understand now why so many people got mad at me when I said that um, 
Ghostbusters 2016 was a classic akin. I mean, I, I don't agree. I just understand because it had so many dick jokes and so many just outlandish open jokes that, I mean, a, a, a ghost literally jacked off Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That literally happened. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I just, I just want to point out that according to IMDb, um, filming for the last action hero continued until a week before the movie debuted in debuted in theaters, which is literally the most perfect thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Wow. No wow. way. Holy shit. That's amazing. <laughs> like all the way up to the week before it came out. Until the week before the movie debuted in theaters, filming was going. And I think that's wonderful. John, geez, were they were they just like editing as they went here and everything? Like God, how did they <laughs> how did they pull that off? Well, uh, that is, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, that's something. But Robert, what are your final thoughts here? You know, this is one of those Donnie movies. It's kind of like Home Alone where it just captivate that younger audience, you know, even as a 90s kid, you know. Yeah. And, you know, it, it leaves you with that childlike wonderment that you never want to fucking let go, you know. Like, I don't know, man. Yeah, it's the it's the perfect nostalgia movie, honestly. Yeah, I mean, you got your perfect hero right next to you. you it, whether it's Chuck Norris or Arnold Schwarzenegger, where it's Van Damme, you're still kicking ass right next to him, right? Right. Yeah. Um, exactly. I don't know, man. I, who didn't want to do that? Who didn't want to be like a Power Ranger or a fucking wrestler in the '90s, right? Hell, my my one of my cinematic heroes when I was a kid was Indiana Jones. Yeah. Like I mean, I I used to fucking like put on the. Yeah. Uh, like a little fedora thing and everything, and play as Indiana but Jones outside. But you know what? Yeah, we need to do but the you Indiana know Jones trilogy. Yeah. You know what, guys? What? All of our heroes is Jason David Frank, <laughs> the Green Ranger, the White the Ranger, Green Ranger, the White Ranger, the White Ranger, <laughs> David, Jason David Frank. Give it up to him. Yeah, there you go. There's your hero yeah. right there. <laughs> if it wasn't for him, dude. Well, as for me, I mean, I think that this is definitely like the 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 ultimate like hangover movie for one like if you're just like kind of hungover or it's a perfect like getting high movie you know mm. like you sit you sit down with your buddies you get high you have a you have a fucking blast and it's easy to do here because you know it's like Derek said this is you know Schwarzenegger having the most fun he's had ever obviously and and this is a guy that for the most part he does seem to really enjoy filmmaking. You know, just listen to his uh, his DVD commentaries like he's if you listen to them, he's so enamored with his own movies. Really? It's actually kind of adorable <laughs> to hear, you That's know, awesome. and I mean, and we need to actually listen to the uh, director's uh, commentary on this because, you know, that he's just going to be like just all in on everything. And he, he he actually like explains everything, you know. Really, he like explains he explains the scene like that as it's playing. It's it's so perfect, and you know, just seeing him so jubilant here. Is, I mean, it kind of makes the movie work. And then I mean, John McTiernan's directing directing, you know, I mean, it's it's really spot on. I mean, he actually managed to handle the satirical elements well, and you know, of course, you know that he was going to do well when it came to the action scenes. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was going to be spot on right there. I mean, for fuck's sake, he did Die Hard, you know? I mean, he he made the pin ultimate 80s action movie. So, True. I mean, who else can you get to actually parody this, you know? It's the perfect choice. Yeah. I would say if this movie was made today, I could see Michael Bay doing it. <laughs> you know actually that would be actually the ultimate redemption of michael bay like him just like self-parodying just realizing how utterly crazy his movies are that would redeem all of it wasn't there a uh, transformers movie where he kind of did that along the way i mean yeah. i don't know it was a texas chainsaw there was the new freddy uh that no friday the 13th yeah those all michael bay shit michael like, bay yeah, yeah. And that that was a very self-aware kind of movie yeah. you okay could, you could tell when it's michael bay he, he'll do something yeah but i i feel like if he did a last action hero not even really like a sequel to it i think that it would be pretty cool i mean i don't even know if mctiernan would even be down for something like that but i mean i i don't know i mean screw it i think it's earned its cult classic status it's it's really just a fun movie to watch. It's just, 
I, I love movies that are really just joyful about movies. You yeah. know, yeah, dude. and and that's what this movie is. It's so joyful about cinema and it's about the movies that made us, right? <laughs> exactly. It's like the movies that made us to one hundred percent. I mean, this is a movie where they were having so much fun that when uh, Danny and Jack arrived at the LAPD headquarters in the movie, Sharon Stone and Robert Patrick were outside the front door. You know, wow. as as T as a T one thousand and and Catherine Trammell from Basic Instinct, and it's just like this is fun. Yeah, we forgot how to have fun with movies. We go into it looking for more than what it needs to be. Sometimes a movie is just I'm gonna laugh about this when I think about it later on, and that's that. Yeah, definitely. But uh, yeah, anyway, we're gonna go ahead and start wrapping everything up. Uh, Derek, why don't you uh, go ahead and uh, do one more plug for your show and uh, tell us and our listeners uh, where you can find Hindsight Movie Reviews and all the other shows that you do. So the cool thing about it is um, I've been podcasting for so long that if you type in Rashani, R-A-S-H-A-N-I-I, if you type that into Google, I come up. Excellent. If you type in single simulcast, single simulcast, I, I come up. I'm like the first thing. This is like before SEO. Um, I always find that to be really cool. Sometimes I just Google myself for shits and giggles and I still pop up. Like I pop up all over the place on Google. If you just type in my name and I think that if you go to my link tree, which is link tree, uh, link tr.ee backslash SSCast, That's where all of my shows are, but my shows are available everywhere. Google play, uh, Spotify, iTunes, uh, Pod Chaser, uh, Good Pods, like literally wherever you can find a podcast, you'll find me. Um, and it's not because I have put it there. It is because listeners have put me everywhere, which is really, really nice. So, um, wow. And enjoy um, the, sh- the work that we put into our podcast. I love every moment of it. Um, I think that actually, I just found a new one. Like, there's Player FM, and it just says Rashani's podcast. Like, oh, nice! <laughs> like it just has my. I don't know. It's dope. That's um, awesome, man. <laughs> but it's just we have a lot of fun doing these shows, and so I think that as listeners, you may wonder what can you do to support the show. And I'll tell you right now, if you're listening to it on Spotify, it's as simple as underneath the main title of a uh, collateral gaming collateral cinema, there's a spot where you could just tap the screen and just give it five stars. It's the easiest review you'll ever do. Yeah, that's right. Um, they started doing that recently. Mm-hmm. And so it is, it takes literally 14 seconds. I know that because I timed it while I did it for some of my friends. So you can do that and then just keep it pushing and know that you help the show get more exposure to more people on Spotify and you're doing your part as a listener. Um, but as for me, just type in Rashani. I just want to say that Good Pods has really been a really good app for us. Yeah, mm-hmm. Good Pods is awesome. Yeah, we charted a few times there already. And honestly, it's a good little community. You know, it's mostly for indie podcasts. So Yeah, yeah. they're incredible. They really are, man. They do good work. Well, all right. And Ash, uh, what's coming up with Collateral Gaming? All right. Well, this month we're talking about Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. So I'm uh, really excited to talk about that game. The Mario and Luigi RPG series is a lot of fun. And uh, it, it's a good little break from, you know, a lot of hardcore type gaming. You know, it's a more casual type, but still has that RPG difficulty curve. So definitely yeah man i actually really enjoyed like the uh super mario rpg from super nintendo back in the day oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah oh, dude yeah yeah that was a fun game super mario rpg is cool if you like super mario rpg you'll like mario and luigi because it is the spiritual successor to that and also you yeah. know in the paper mario series it's kind of in the paper Bailey, mario Bailey is Bailey like Wick. the other like sister to that but i feel like it, out of the two Mario and Luigi really more inherits more of the Super Mario RPG right aspects. On. Right on. Do you have any uh, any other things coming out? Like- uh, yeah, coming up in February, we're going to be doing a two-part episode on Horizon Zero Dawn and then a game launch, spoiler-free, you know, first impressions type review of Horizon Forbidden West. Nice. Nice. You know, one of the things about Horizon Zero Dawn, I adored that game, but it struck me how often in games and in movies 
they talk about the before time. Yes. Yeah. No like, kidding. like we used to, they used to do things like this in the far away time and the before time. And it's like, motherfucker, it was 10 years ago. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you keep saying the before time. It wasn't that far back ago. Didn't the, they the way, way that back time? Rick and Morty. I think so. They're like the before times bad, bad or something like that before four times or some <laughs> stupid shit. <laughs> I can see them doing that. I haven't watched Rick and Morty in a while, but yeah. I can 100% see that. Robert, well, what's up with Texas Sundown? Oh, uh, we're going to be filming that pretty soon. As soon as we get through the next month or if we can catch a sunny day on our day off. But yeah, we're going to be filming that pretty soon. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we, we have quite a bit filmed already. We need to continue with it. We've only done the middle part. So we did the bank scene. The bank scene. That was fun. We've done a few scenes. We just need to tie it all together and. There's a bunch of weather issues right now, right? Yeah, we, we've had some uh, icky weather here recently. Yeah. You know, like today was probably the first time we've seen some sun in the last couple of days. I so. just want to get on that, get it done, get it, you know, get it out there already, right? Yeah. I mean, we, we make sure that we plug it every time we do an episode. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, no, yeah, we do that a lot. Yeah, for sure. And also, uh, be sure to check out uh, Bonnie Jewelry, uh, Bonnie.com. I believe that we do have a promo code. I think it's collateral. You can get like 20% off of your jewelry purchases there. It's it's an excellent uh, website with an excellent product, very affordable jewelry for your loved one. And they really uh, like uh, back up and help, you know, women all around the world and everything. So... We're brand ambassadors for them. Uh, check them out, uh, Bonnie.com. I believe that's the website. And as far as collateral cinema is concerned, next up we're going to be doing Born to Run. Like, that's interesting because, Robert, that's more of a television movie, right? Yeah, it's another early 90s uh, television movie. Yeah, we're going to be doing a lot of 90s stuff for the rest of the season, actually. Yeah, I think we've wanted to do that pretty much like late night stuff but it kind of turned into you know yeah yeah and we're definitely going to be doing some director's cut stuff i mean we might do a commentary for free somewhere along the line yeah yeah and we'll be uh recording that here very soon we'll have Chaz back on the uh episode he wasn't able to make it tonight so he, he will be back uh, and as far as where you can find collateral cinema and collateral gaming, it's same same as what Derek said. You know, we we're kind of all over the place. If you just type collateral cinema in Google, you can find us pretty much anywhere. Yeah, Apple mm-hmm. Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Google, all of the all of above. That. And check out our Patreon as well. Yeah, we have uh, full length feature commentaries. And if once we start getting more uh, patrons, we're going to start adding like uh, polls uh, so that maybe you know we might have an episode where uh, our viewers pick a movie for us to do. So we might go ahead and do that here pretty soon once we get more uh, more patrons. And I, I believe that Vern from Cinema Recall is still a patron. So once again, thanks, Vern. <laughs> Thank you, Vern. But uh, yeah, also, you know, find us on Good Pods as well. That's a great app. Check them out. Check out the community and help uh, help all of these great indie podcasts, you know, climb the charts and everything. Mm-hmm. But, uh, with all that said, is there anything else anybody else would like to add here? Okay. Ooh, ooh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 30 cows in a field, 28 chickens. How many didn't? Ooh. Say that again? <laughs> 30 cows in a field, 28 chickens. How many didn't? How many are you getting? Ooh. How many didn't? How many didn't? I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's kind of... Eight, eight of them didn't eat chickens? I don't know. So, thir- so oh, 30 cows in a field... Uh huh. Uh huh. Thirty cows in the field. Twenty-eight chickens. So ten How of them didn't? didn't. Yes. Ten of them didn't. Okay, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, but you know, it also sounds like twenty-eight chickens. I see. Yeah. Yeah. There exactly. We go. Gotcha. It's a riddle. Yeah. Well, awesome. Yeah. They, thanks. They, thanks for stumping us. <laughs> I, I have one, 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 one closing thought. What's that? To be, or not to be. Not to be. Not to be. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent, excellent. But I guess uh, with all that said, we'll go ahead and wrap everything up. I'm Bo Maddox. I'm Robert Ortegon. I'm Ashley Chancellor. I'm Derek. (laughs) And this was Collateral Cinema and Hindsight Movie Reviews. 
you have a good day, everybody. A good night, as it were. And we'll see you on our Born to Run episode. Laters. Cinema is a collateral media podcast. All music and movie clips are owned by the respective creators and are used for educational purposes only. Please don't sue us. We're poor.